Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Universe Within podcast. On this episode, I sat down with my friend Stefano. Uh, I met Stefano probably about two years ago now here in the Sacred Valley of Peru. We uh, practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu together and I found out that he also works with plants. So it was uh, really nice for me to be able to sit down with him. I had actually never sat down with him for a really long time and talked to him about his background and how he came to this work, a little bit about his story, and we had a really fascinating conversation. We talked about uh, plant medicines. He's done a lot of work with Huachuma or San Pedro. Um, he's worked with uh, Wilka or Yopo um, and uh, a number of plants, and he's really created his own system of working. He's very familiar with the Andean Cosmovision, which I find very fascinating. And we got into some really interesting topics, uh, just about these these plants, this work, the Andean Cosmovision, um, ancient civilizations, which is always a, a favorite of mine. So uh, it was a really fascinating conversation. I, I think we went almost three hours. Uh, so I think you guys will enjoy this one a lot. Um, as always, if you're able to support this podcast, that's a really big help to me to continue to be able to make the, make these shows, to produce them, to, to bring them out to you all. Uh, Patreon is a really good way. It's a subscription service for as little as a dollar a month. You can sign up. There's different tiers you can sign up for. Um, and each of those tiers gives you some little things back, things like early access to shows, some bonus material, a uh, chance to do a Q&A. Um, so that's a really big help to me, to all the people who have done that. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. This podcast really relies on the support from people like you. Um, there's also the ability to donate directly via PayPal. And also with the YouTube channel now, there's the option to join the channel, which gives a lot of the same perks as the Patreon page, although the Patreon page is, is I think, better. Um, if you are unable to do that, as always, doing the little things like uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, hitting the subscribe button, turning on the notification bell, liking the video, leaving comments in the comment section, sharing the, the videos with your, your friends and social media uh, followers, that's always a really, really big help to get this show out to a bigger audience. With the audio version, going on Apple Podcasts, leaving a starred rating and a short review, that's a really big help. Also with Spotify now, there's the ability to rate the show as well. So if you're listening on Spotify and you can rate the show, that's a big help as well. So uh, I think that's it. Um, when this show comes out, it'll probably be mid to, to late April. Um, the following month, my colleague Marav Artsy and I are running plant dietas in Ireland, uh, although that is actually sold out. But the following month will be in June. And uh, as of now, there's still a few spaces left for that. Um, and then the following month after that in uh, July, and I think early August will be in upstate New York, also running plant diets. And I also believe there's a couple spaces open for that. So that's a really beautiful opportunity if you're interested in uh, learning more about this work, working with plants, uh, going into a process of isolation, of, of restricting one's food and um, 
really working in depth with one plant to experience all that that plant has to offer, its healing benefits, its teaching benefits. Um, it's a really fascinating process, really working in the dream space, uh, connecting us, opening us. So uh, if you'd like more information about that, you can check out my website at nicotianarustica.org, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So I think that's it. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Stefano. Well, cool, man. So we uh, we met. Uh, I guess it was either through Bruno or through Chase. Uh, Chase, I've had on the podcast. Uh, I guess it must have been through Chase first. Yes. And then, uh, so you do you do jujitsu. I also do jujitsu. Chase is a is a teacher, and and then we've been practicing here a lot with uh, Bruno, who's a Peruvian jujitsu teacher. And uh, so that's that's how we met. And and I knew you did a you know similar type of work, um, but I actually don't know that much about your background. So maybe maybe to start out. And, and just to tell the audience who you are, where you come from, and, and how you got interested in, in this path that you're on. Of course. Um, thank you, Jason, to uh, invite me, to appreciate my work, and uh, yeah, to have a moment, just like to talk, you know, the things that we are working uh, here in the valley, in the jungle, you know. I don't work too much with, uh, in the jungle, I, I perform retreats and with master plants, but different different ones. But uh, when it's the jungle, I just like uh, I, um, like find shamans in the jungle to bring here, so they can like operate the ayahuasca. But I don't work with ayahuasca. I more like uh, work with uh, anahuascas. Anahuascas is like the the work to tell the different analogs of ayahuasca, because when you get into um, ethnopharmacology of the psychoactive plants, you understand that many plants has the same chemistries, many plants has the same families, different plants, but has actually the same purpose, you know, the same, um, but just like different varieties, you know, but if we understand the plants from a chemistry level, <clears throat> then you also understand how uh, your brain, your heart, your body works when you are um, taking these tools from Mother Earth that has different chemistries, you know. So, um, yeah, well, I, uh, I've i been working more than 15 years with antigens, but just like 10 years ago, I moved here and uh, I was having very deep insights uh, with the plants because when I was taking uh, the psychoactive plants, mostly I was taking Washuma, the sacred cactus from even when not in a shamanic way. It was taking the cactus uh, when I was 15, 16 years old because uh, I was uh, taking too much drugs. I was taking too much drugs, I was going to parties, alcohol, ecstasies and all that stuff. And um, there was one friend of mine who was very, quite weird, you know, and 
and uh, he was going into the parties too, but he never took drugs and he was like sweating and dancing, and, but he was not talking to anyone. And I was like wondering why these guys like this every time that like, we go in, into parties, why? And he told me it's because I drink the San Pedro cactus and this doesn't let me to drink anything else. So, okay, that gave me my interest because I was spending a lot of money you know, with drugs and alcohol and stuff. So I wanted like to try his, his, uh, the, the cactus. And once I did it, I went into the party and really I didn't want like to have anything else. And and uh, I was like feeling the vibes of the people. Uh, and I was learning how to manage myself in order not to um, um, yeah, have a like a bad trip in the. But that's how I basically learned. But at some point, and this was in Peru? Yes, this was in Lima in the city. And uh, I was just using the cactus instead of drugs. So I was just like drinking cactus every weekend to parties and stuff. But then I like realized that plants has like levels and depends of the person, what kind of level of awareness or what kind of uh, problems, disease or whatever you're ha having, the plants is gonna like work into a deeper level, but if you are just open into it. But since I don't have this awareness with the cactus, the cactus was just like giving me just certainly level in order to get rid of the drugs, but not more than that. So it was like using the cactus as normal, but then when I moved here to Cusco, um, I was continuing with the plants and then the plants start to show in you stuff when you are alone, when you are like in the mountains, fastening, you are not in a party, not with, you know, so all these signals start like to interact with your awareness. So the plant is basically a tool and takes time in order to connect with the plant to show you m more beyond things that you really think that it's giving you, it's giving to you, but it has so much more, you know, so it's like a spirit, you know? it's like us, it's like a doctor, but if you take in, it, it really knows why or how or what kind of vibe or whatever, so it doesn't give you what you want, it would just give you what you need, you know, so the cactus was start to amaze me and showing me uh, after five years been taking, I could tell that it wasn't showing me too much. But once I was coming here and then I was like changing my chip and my consciousness in a way like to connect with the land, then the cactus show, show up in, in his amazing healing powers, you know, as a spirit to, to uh, work with my awareness, my heart to open up and to see in a deeper level where I am staying, who I am and all these things that I have that I didn't know I have. So uh, the cactus for me was my, the plant that shows me to work with other different plants. So that was the bridge. So basically the cactus took me to DMT to meet Jurema plant from Brazil, Mexico. So, um, because uh, since I was having this kind of insights and this kind of learnings and I didn't want like to share with people, I just like wanted to take it for me, you know. And, uh, but there was a point <clears throat> that I was having so much insights and so much knowledge with the plants that when the pandemic came, uh, I decided like to do something in order like to sustain my family because I was working with tourism 
but I'm not was like sharing the spirituality from the Cusco aspect and more like a tourism stuff. But then I like said, okay, I'm gonna change this. I'm gonna add more spirituality, more to things that I learned, just like going into these places, fascinating pilgrimaging, and um, I'm gonna create something according what I learned here. So I create Entheogenes Peru, which is a holistic retreat center that uh, involves so many different master plans. And um, I create this because in my life as Washuma, I met Washuma, I met Jurema, Jurema took me to Wilka, and, and basically these are the main three plants that I work a lot, and plus psilocybe. No? Uh, all these plants, um, basically, well, at first I start with Vishuma, right? It's a cactus that gives you a very, uh, um, a very huge awareness, a very huge, uh, uh, you're very present with your body, very, very, uh, you're in an optimus state with, with a cactus. But when you use different plants, you start like to understand that plants has different uh, role into consciousness that opens up and to start to link with other different plants that you are taking to. So I see myself like an anthena. So as much plants you are taking, you're changing the memory of your circuits because it's the signals of Mother Earth that you're taking that. It has thousands of years. So as soon as you take these, you're like restoring or like reactivating the rest of the codons of the DNA that is sleeping or inactive. So. When you take coca, when you take like Wishuma, you take uh, all these uh, plants from Earth, but in a, but in in, in, in like in a in, in a complete respect way, you know, because our tools like can also damage you if you don't know how to use it. You, you really need to understand a process with a plant. Some some people they just like want to try the plant and then they're shocked out, and they say no, I don't want to talk these plants anymore. But, it's because the person just like didn't uh, connect in, in a in, like in a proper way with the plant. It's like to understand that the plant uh, has like a lot to do with you, but you need to know what the kind of food you're taking, if you're taking drugs, what kind of thinkings, feelings, or whatever you're holding. So it could give you uh, a hard time to learn, but through a hard way, or it could give you a good learning through a very soft way. But both, for me, it's learning. It's just like a, there's like a rough way to show you, you know, and there's also like a, a, a softer way to, to, to show you, you know, a kind of a noble, kind way, you know. So that's what I understand with master plans, you know, with uh, antigens. So antigens, I work with antigens, my, my retreat calls antigens Peru. Antigens means um, it comes from N, which it's inside Theo, that it's God, and genes or gens that it's generate. That makes me think it's like generate the God inside of you. So antigens are psychoactive substances, could be synthetic or could be natural, that induces to alter the state of consciousness with the spiritual purposes. So, um, 
um, I work with these plants, but also I am uh, attached with the Indian Cosmovision because when I was using these plants, I was using these plants in these power places, in these mountains, and then I learned that every single power place has like a certainly electromagnetic field, certainly energy, certainly um, frequency that interacts with your consciousness as soon as you get into it. So different power places, it's also like tools of Mother Earth to heal yourself, but in a different way, you know, as master plants. But um, I see that the ancients, they like uh, built these amazing megalithic power places uh, because they understood, they understood the importance of the ley lines. So when you come to Cusco, you will see that uh, if you study a little bit about the uh, Andean Cosmovision, you will see that all these amazing power places are was built on top on exactly ley lines. And there is 41 energy lines that comes from the main temple, which is called Kori Kancha. So it's not Machu Picchu. So Kori Kancha, which is in Cusco City, it's been said that it's the most important temple and the most refined temple which uh, says that it was the college of the Andean or the Incan, um, yeah, the indigenous Incan tribes you know, or, or this culture. So they were coming into Coricancha in order to learn um, all this uh, information and then they were, they were studying doing pilgrimages along the lines because there is 41 energy lines that departs from this power center, but these ley lines are going to around the world, and they were like edifying these power places just on top of, just on, on, on the same ley lines. So how I see it is that these people, they build these places exactly in, in special electromagnetic fields, because when you are in, in these areas, and you like uh, suppress your analytic mind, you go into your heart, you tune with the place, you start like having certainly insights or certainly meditations or uh, different kind of uh, states. No? So if you understand the, the way how the Incans, they were uh, healing themselves and how they were like remembering who they are or what they are, why they are here and stuff, they were because they were uh, accessing into these realms because they understood that going into the womb of Mother Earth, it's a way to uh, get in tune with the center of the Earth. So there are there are places which is uh, caves that has that has like a vagina shape, and when you go into these uh, um, places, it's like cave with vagina shape that has a uterus form. And there's chambers and altars inside, like giving you the the idea or the thought or or this awareness that you are inside of Mother Earth you know, and you're sitting down inside of her womb. So uh, these are places which is called the Ukupacha, um, the Ukupacha realm. You know? There is like three kind of. Uh, realms according to the Indian Cosmovision, paths that goes inside of the earth, which is made for remembering going into completely darkness, and uh, it's like a kind of rebirth through darkness, okay? So that's uh, the serpent path. It's a path that goes underneath, and through darkness you 
uh, start to alterate consciousness through these places and you like can uh, uh, remember who you are can connect with mother earth you know and remembering so much information from your past life and so many uh, things so these places was used as a kind of oracle you know so it's also activating in certainly dates of the year so um that's the ukupacha world so there is like in Coricancha, there are so many Incan paths, but there is path of, of the serpent, path of the puma, and path of the condor. And since I work with the Keros, the Keros are like the directly descendants of the Incans that they hidden from 500 years ago when the Spaniards, they came, they arrived. The Incans, they ran away, some up in the hills and others in the jungle. And, um, well, I work with these people and these people, they keep all this knowledge, all this information from the Incan times and and uh, they teach me that there are these places that takes you to the underworld or the serpent path, the puma and the condor. So let's say Machu Picchu is like the last place in which when you are pilgrimaging and you are like cleansing your body and releasing a lot of hucha. Hucha is like the dense or heavy energy. You know? For the Indian Cosmovision, there are four kinds of energy. It's uh, the heavy, um, yeah, the heavy, the dense, the subtle and refined energy. And these four energies are interacting with the Kausai. So the Kausai, it's uh, a whole bubble of energy. So the Incans, they see matter as bubbles of energy and that's what quantum science also explain now in these times that's very interesting because now science are like proving what the ancients they were like uh, trying to tell us so um in the kausai pokpo it's called is the like the huge bubble of energy that our consciousness as a bubble of energy also we are interacting with so many different kinds of energies that goes ukupacha kaipacha and hanampacha no? Ukupacha is dense and heavy, and Han and Pacha is refined and subtle energies. So, according to the Indian Cosmovision, it's about like to understand that we are interacting with a Kausai, interacting with these energies, and we got to choose, basically, to learn how to choose uh, what kind of energies we are like receiving, you know, because our electromagnetic field, which is a bubble of energy, that's when quantum mechanics gets in. Uh, this bubble of energy that I can see it right now, but it, it's there. Uh, it's like a energy field which, from that energy, I'm like creating particles. So these particles is basically my hormones. So from nothing, depends of what I'm thinking, feeling, I'm creating certainly chemistry, you know, electrochemic energy. And chemistry so my brain and my heart is capable to create energy and chemistry but depends of the signals of the environment so if I'm learn how to choose these signals you know and and I learned that every time my body is like absorbing density and heavy and refined and supple if I know this I can like start like releasing hucha you know clean my body through uh, releasing density uh, in certain power places that was made for that so are like energy eaters, you no know, wakas, power places that likes to suck your energy from your body. Once you do that, then you uh, pilgrimage to other places in order to absorb now refined and subtle energy. So um, 
So yeah, basically, that's a little bit the uh, and the end cosmovision way, you know, uh, uh, how our bubble of energy is interacting every time with whatever we are surrounding. Right now we are like in a quantum level. There is a reciprocity, you know, a nine law. It's called. There's a share between energies, you know, in a quantum level. You and me, you know, our bubbles are like interacting. So um, that's why it's also. Um, important like to understand that when you are surrounded with people who uh, you know it's like catching dense energies or like just talking about um, from very dense levels so they are inviting these densities around and if the person is not too strong with their own bubble it can be like effect and the bubble is going to change and you're going to create different chemistry into your body because you are allowing to believe and to like to pay attention into this density, so it's a law. Every time this bubble of energy is working, you know, but depends of how you how you are like shaping that bubble. How huge is this bubble? It's like a kind of shield, you know. So this is the electromagnetic field of your own, and it's supposed like to increase this bubble so so much so much that in a moment it gets into a certainly divine order because you are not more analyzing as soon as the person like stop to analyze the heart starts to get into a certainly rhythm you know? so when the person is like suppressing the mind and starting to feel more so the beat of the heart start like to getting into a, a natural resonance which is attached to the earth but just that happen when your mind is not like thinking or analyzing so as soon as you do that, you are getting in tune with your heart. So then the information that goes from up to down, my, my analyzing, my thinking, it's not there anymore. Then when I like suppress these, then the energy comes from down to up and from up to down. And it starts like a toroidal um, movement because you are opening the energies from up to down. But mostly people are like just analyzing and thinking and you know, and through analyzing and thinking, they feel and then they take actions. But uh, I think that people needs to learn how to activate the brain of the heart that has like forty thousand neurons in which ca catch signals before things happen. But mostly people are like thinking, you know, and like judging or whatever, anticipate events, but through the mind. So the heart has like a this uh, capability to catch these signals if we learn how to uh, uh, read with this brain, how to uh, interact with this brain. So basically when we are like having pilgrimages, altered states in these kind of uh, places, that's when the mind is not there and your heart opens up and start to get into a different information through your heart. And uh, when that happens, it happens uh, instantly healing because your heart is all the time like beating and all the time like having a certain frequency depends what you're thinking. So according to the Cosmovision, that's that Yachai, the Munai and the Jankai are firmly connected. The Yachai is the mind, the Munai is my feelings and the Jankai is my actions. So how I think is how I feel, how I feel is how I act, and how I act is my personality. 
So if you understand that your mind is affecting your heart and your heart is creating chemistry, it's creating particles, it's creating matter, it's creating emotions through the choosing of my feelings. So if I know these, I'm like creating particles, emotions, chemistry into my body, but just like a certainly chemistry because I have certainly belief or certainly ideas. But as soon the person start like to break up this belief and start like to open their awareness to a different signals of information that is in the space, you start like activating all different information from, from, from your body, different neural pathways, you know, as, as kind of constellations in your body. We have like millions of millions of stars as the sky. But uh, since we don't know how we can activate these, uh, the people are just using the same chemistry, the same feelings, and actually they need something from the outside in order to produce certainly love or certainly peace or, you know, but it's an illusion. You know? Sometimes, uh, I don't know, if I get a card and I feel this, I don't know, excitement, it's a chemistry that my body is producing, but it just lasts a few moments because it's an illusion. Your body and your subconscious knows that it's a fake kind of chemistry. You know, it's not like a real love, a real happiness. It's, it's, so uh, when the person, it gets to have like a trigger of neurotransmission from natural forms, from, from the plants, from earth, you will have like a lot of uh, um, information going into your, your brain, your heart, that is gonna like activate different, different uh, receptors. So when that happens, uh, many of the cells that are dying, many of the cells that we are not using, it start like to activate, you know? So I like heal people from many different problems, people who have like epilepsy, mostly neurological problems, people who had like paralysis or they even couldn't move the hand or they couldn't even stand up. So when you um, use tryptamines, well, tryptamines are like essential amino acid that help us to create our own endogenous uh, serotonin, dopamine, because this neurotransmitter gets helps to make connections or messengers, so helps to activate these receptors that I I couldn't uh, activate it because that's why I couldn't like move my hand or you know because our cells that there is not chemistry going in there in order to move it. So um, when we use the tools of of Mother Earth, we are having huge amounts of messengers of neurotransmitters that is going to touch different circuits in our body but it's going to allow us to feel again our body every cell of our body or just to remember things that we are not alone or we are we don't have the access to going to certain events of our life that uh, we don't know why we have uh, these traumas these fears or whatever so plants uh, basically give us this neuromodulation so that's how I see it, you know, from a chemistry level. Um, a person who, for example, is like depressed is because he's not able to produce serotonin. You know, serotonin gives you happiness. So a person like who, I don't know, uh, who, who can have peace, you know, that's the dopamine you know, uh, chemistry. So most of the states, most of the happiness and love and all these, 
it's because the brain and the heart is not capable to produce anymore because the person is being conditioned from so many years with that boss, with that family, with that words, with that kind of life that he's all the time like, you know, uh, feeling guilty or, or just creating concepts about its own self because of the boss, because of the family, because of the friends. So the consciousness starts to believe all this stuff and creates hormones because of the thoughts. For every word, for every thought, there is a chemistry going on. I am producing so many chemistries right now, but depends what I'm paying my attention, what I'm like uh, placing my attention. So uh, that's the the um, the big thing with people you know, that people need to learn um, that uh, every time they're placing their attention, they're creating particles, they're creating chemistry. But what kind of particles they're creating? Maybe hormones of stress, they're, they're using from their electromagnetic field, their energy, you know, and from that field of energy, it's absorbing energy in order to create particles of hormones. But if the person uh, knows that this electromagnetic field, it's constantly creating particles, I can like I don't know, like uh, have a certain stimulation in order for my bubble to increase so much so it doesn't take in too much energy from my bubble to create hormones, you know, so we can use like the energy to digest or the energy to make babies or the energy to, to uh, I don't know, like for just like uh, not to use it and to create more particles. We can like just like uh, choosing different signals in order to increase our bubble to have uh, order and harmony into our body. That's when it starts the homeostatic rhythm. So it depends of my signals of our environment. So um, that's what we need to learn, to choose the signal of our environment. So what I eat, what I think, what I feel, it's constantly creating chemistry, constantly creating energy. And it's sometimes, if I like, I don't know, if I like eat like a crap food or a kind of, you know, dense hamburger with creams and stuff, I'm using the energy of my electromagnetic field in order to synthesize these products and becoming into vitamins or proteins or whatever. But the body is capable to create endogenously proteins, amino acids, minerals, vitamins, whatever, without the food, without matter. So we've been programmed basically that we need to feed ourselves through matter, you know, that you need to eat three times a day in order to be alive. You know? But when you are like uh, using plants and you are like uh, accessing into the quantum field through these plants, you understand that also you are interacting with the energy field that matter right now yeah there is matter and i'm interacting with matter but when i'm entering my consciousness i am getting into the energy world from matter so i'm becoming more wave i'm becoming more energy instead of matter so if the person knows how to access into the energy realms you know because we're matter and energy if the person knows how to access into these realms you're becoming more energy you're like longevity extending your life because you're not placing your attention anymore with food 
in order to create, you know, chemistry or to create uh, vitamins or whatever. So now you're conditioned your body and your mind and uh, to create these vitamins, amino acids, proteins without food. And that's now a proof because now science can see into people that people who are like fasting for like more than a month or two months, they should be die, they should be death. You know? But uh, I think that uh, you and me and uh, these people that are using these kind of tools, we are like breaking up the science because the science are like studying what the hell is going on into this person who is supposed to die from this problem having 20 years this disease and just like in four days completely healed. That's a miracle. What the fuck? You know, what's... So um, there is a, like a, a huge capability in, in the body, in, 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 in our spirit that could like have the divine order again, but just if we can understand that we are choosing every time uh, what we want to believe. So um, the body is responding every time what you're believing, your thoughts, you know, and it's creating hormones and particles, depends on what you're believing. So plants and these places, as soon as you take these plants and you go into these places, you're changing completely your chemistry, you're changing completely your diet, your food, everything, because now you're not like programming or program that you got to eat three times a day or you got to do exercise this in order to feel like this or like that or to meditate in order that's from a dual aspect you know, from a it's called a jananting in quechua you know? uh, in, in a dual aspect of course yeah i got to meditate in order to feel peace after but that's from a dual aspect you know uh, some people doesn't understand that meditation is all the time you know that all the time you need like to, it's all the time interacting my field with the environment, with the persons, the people, the, the places, the food, everything. So I see it. I understand this because um, I like being able like to feed my own body, my mind and, and my own heart and, and just like to be in an optimus rhythm with my own self and I healed myself even I couldn't walk like for a year like six uh, six years ago I couldn't walk for completely a year and I, I had like three tumors in my back three hernias in my spine and I went to the many doctors to neurologists and make me uh, a scan and I saw the tumors like pushing some nerves in my back and I couldn't move so uh, I was taking a lot of codeine, opiates use, I'd been addicted into it just like to get rid of this pain, but nothing could help me. I even was taking plants in order to, because I knew about this, but it couldn't help me. As I said, plants has a process and has like a way to, to, to teach you to heal. It's not like I take it and just, you're gonna heal. No? It's not just like that, so. Um, so when I had that, I passed like uh, this year without moving, I couldn't walk and anything. I understand at that point I had this awareness that everything is possible, but I didn't have the enough awareness in order to make a process and to work with my own body and mind in order to happen. 
but then um, I like research a little bit um, about the quantum mechanics, neuroscience, um, epigenetics, and all these are science that are pointing to instant healing. If you understand these kind of uh, things, you know that now, well, the science that they don't want to touch more these things, but. If you like see it a little bit, you don't require too much uh, information to understand reality and to understand how your your body, your brain works. No, so as soon as the person is like understanding this mechanism, you are like creating a different consciousness and a different belief that is going to create uh, a circuit into your body that is going to create reality because you're sending that signals into you so that's when the placebo comes now the science you know study to people uh, that they give just like i don't know um, they want to make a surgery into a person uh, to transplant a heart for example and doctor says hey i'm gonna put like a um, um an analgesic right in order to numb all your body so i can make that and the doctors just like mention that, but they don't put that. They just like put water or something like that. And and because people think that they are having this kind of uh, medicine, or the brain is capable to create endogenous opiaceums, you know, without. So the person is capable to create these uh, states without these because the mind believes it. So I think that if the person starts like to open up the mind and starts like to open up the awareness through different signals of the, the environment. I think that the person is start like to reconnecting with so many information that it's already there, and start like to just like being in completely optimus rhythm, and nothing could happen to you, even though if you are beside of a virus or whatever, you are in completely divine order because your consciousness, your heart, your signals, everything, it's constantly renewing, you know, and I'm using different codons of my DNA, just like by chewing coca leaf, you know. So that's also it's important because when you ask to the Indian people that works in the high Andes, they're carrying sacks full of feet, ninety years old bro. And I you ask to them, hey, you been to the doctor once? No, I don't know the doctors. And why? Oh, because the coca. How come they know that the coca is a plant that puts you like in a very strong state, you know, it, it uh, makes strong your God. So we completely know that coca is a plant for the Andes that many people, they were using for many years and they were like completely, you know, uh, in optimus condition. Nothing happens to them. So. I think that, um, yeah, if we understand the tools of Earth and we start like to, to, uh, yeah, to uh, understand to use uh, the medicines in so many different forms, because that's that's also amazing, you know. Uh, I use, uh, for example, I work with Jurema, no, which contains huge amounts of DMT. And Jurema, it's been used in the tribe of Brazil, mixing with passion fruit that has beta carolines as ayahuasca vine. 
But uh, how these tribes of Brazil, they knew that Yurema and the passion fruit mixing together, you will have like a kind of a spiritual experience. You know? So I don't do, this is called Yurema Huasca, right? Yeah. But um, I, what I do, I extract the DMT from the Yurema plant in order to have a different form so I can admin the properties or the alkaloids of the plant for different people without like having a whole beverage. So when you learn to isolate the alkaloids of the plant, also you learn how to um, uh, use it for the different parts of the of the body. It's like uh, cannabis. You no, know? cannabis has THC, CBD, CBN, different alkaloids. Now we know that THC has certainly properties for cancer, CBD2, and, but uh, different alkaloids has different states. So, for example, in Wilka, Wilka is the seeds of the gods that it's been used in the Incan times, is the ayahuasca of the Incans. And according to ethnopharmacology, is the, is, the, is the most important plant that contains huge amounts of DMT found ever in the world now. So that plant contains so many varieties of tryptamines that makes me to create my own endogenous serotonin, dopamine, melatonin. So when the plant has so many different varieties of alkaloids, it's interacting with different receptors in your circuits, in your neural circuits. So, for example, when a person is depressed and they can segregate, you know, um, serotonin, dopamine, it's because it's feeling depressed. So I just like to give these persons little doses of DMT or psilocybin, which is 4-PO-DMT or NN-DMT. And these, these um, neurotransmitters is going to just like neuromodulate and it's going to help the person to create this uh, serotonin that he couldn't able to create it, even though that he tried so many things, you know. So that's why plants are so important, because it gives us what we need. It gives us this uh, rush of chemistry that, I don't know, like maybe in sports, for a year of sports, you know, your how much adrenaline, how much like, you know, endorphins and a lot of neurotransmitter you are creating from a sportive level. A person is like really, you know, strong. It has like it's creating a lot of chemistry in your body because it's doing exercise. But I could say that a person who is having an altered state, also without doing exercise, it's a different form to create also neurotransmitters, you know, and I used to set like, for example, uh, a session of DMT, it's, it could be the same as like having a year of exercise in a chemistry level, not not in body level, no, in, more in a neurotransmitter level, so you feel good, you feel like really peaceful, you know, you feel, so, um, so yeah, um, I think, um, if we understand the chemistry of the plants, well, I, I work with a little bit with shamanism, quantum mechanics, sacred geometry, ethnopharmacology of psychoactive plants. Now, for me, we are at a time that we're using science in order to understand the plant in a deeper level, 
no, and using science in order to um, to also understand how it works in our body. No? So um, yeah, I think that what I'm doing it's uh, a little bit of alchemy, a little bit of chemistry, because I'm extracting, isolating alkaloids from the plants and creating spectrums. These spectrums is like uh, different alkaloids that uh, it makes you to have a more holistic state because you are like isolating more alkaloids from the plant that it's really hard like to take it or really hard like to get it. So when it's like uh, there's different interaction with the body, with the gut, when you drink it, you know, there is a different synthetize with... Uh, the chemistry in, in your in your gut, you know, and it creates different chemistry, different states. So when you learn to the different forms to use the plants as uh, well, as medicines, you can like create smokes, you know, uh, like changa blends, for example. You know, I use the yurema, the root bark of the plant that contains huge amounts of DMT. I make into I make a process in order to extract their their uh, main alkaloid, which is DMT. Once I have this uh, medicine, then I like uh, walk around the mountains and I ask permission, Pachamama, in order to use her plants to transfer this medicine into the flowers of the Andes. So when you do that, you are using a blend of flowers that is around these areas that also is carrying information, carrying DNA, and it's interacting with DMT because DMT is also it's like a key, you know, that opens up information. So that's when it comes the anawaska, you know, it's like uh, analogs, different ways to alterate consciousness using different plants that contains DMT as chakruna. You know? So um, in the anawaska uh, world, it's it's a lot. It's amazing because you can create the spectrums depends of what the person. Uh, it's what's going on with the person, you know, so you can manage the proportions of DMT and the proportions of beta-carbonines, which is uh, inhibitors of an enzyme. So most of the psychiatrics, you know, um, they like uh, used to shut down certain receptors in the brain with certainly pills or medication because the person is not capable to produce serotonin or to produce neurotransmitters that makes the person to feel happy or to feel so that's why the person feels depressed so the doctor is what he does it just like shut down the receptor so you don't feel you know you don't feel anything you know so basically when you understand in a chemistry level these uh, neurotransmitter and these incubators it's creating um, is creating like huge amounts of neurotransmitter when you are using incubators. So for example, now when you take ayahuasca, some people like, um, they take only the vine of ayahuasca without chacruna, they diet with the vine of ayahuasca. And, uh, and I had like a few persons that they told me that even ayahuasca could give you vision without the chacruna. And it's supposedly to the chacruna that has the DMT, which is the main compound that has the visionary effect. But how come the ayahuasca vine without the chacruna, it could give you this visionary state too? 
because of the beta carbolins and because of the mal incubators. So there's an enzyme in our body that um, likes the tryptamines, you know? so it synthesizes the tryptamine once like we feel, we feel happy or we feel love. This chemistry is going into our brain and body. And as soon as it's coming out, the mal enzyme is just like going to break up. That's why we don't feel happy all the time. It's just like a rash, you know, and then the mouth is there and starts to break it up. But what about if I like paralyze this enzyme, right? And so my neurotransmitters, the, the serotonin, dopamine, DMT, all this is going to last longer in my body. If I like take an inhibitor. So, for example, if I only like take an incubator as ayahuasca vine, I am like suppressing my mal enzyme, but I don't have in uh, a DMT or I don't have in a other neurotransmitter to amplify. I'm just like incubating my enzyme. If I do that, I'm going to allow my brain and my body to create a longer time of neurotransmitter if I just like hug my dog, if I just like whatever I do. I'm gonna like make my production of neurotransmitter to last longer. That's why the Egyptians, the Incans, you know, the Egyptians, they were using lotus flower. Lotus flower has also these properties to inhibit uh, certainly uh, receptors, no? So the, the production of neurotransmitter is gonna last longer, you know? So um, if we are like having this daily, like for example, every morning a tea of passion fruit, a tea of lotus flower, or just like a little bit of ayahuasca vine, is gonna like suppress the mal enzyme. But you need to know also what foods you're taking, because if you're suppressing the mal, you need to know that the mal enzyme also it helps to synthesize another poisons in our body when we take milk or meat or. So the Mao is in charge to destroy this. But if we are suppressing the Mao and we are like taking beer or meat or milk or cheese, you can die because you are having an overcharge of toxins that your body needs the Mao in order to break it up. So that's why people die you know, uh, when they do that. They don't do the right diet. So in a chemistry level, it's because they are suppressing the Mao while they are having other chemistry in the body and the body can able to break it up so you intoxicate yourself so um that's amazing you know how also the shamans they knew that when you're having ayahuasca you should not eat certainly foods you no know? but uh, now in a chemistry in a science level now we know why uh, this this uh, ayahuasca bind is doing into us in order to affect us or or to now, now we know this, knowing in a chemistry level why people die or what's happening with the with the suppressor of the mouth when you take a, a plant that contains these. So um, yeah, I I think um, I was like dieting uh, with several different plants in order to understand the power of the plant first with my own self. And, uh, you know, as I said, there's people who diet with only ayahuasca vine. But when you are dieting and you are doing the right diet, you are like allowing the plant of ayahuasca or the spirit of the plant 
to go into a deeper level and to open up different fields, you know. So every single plan has a, a role into you if you really know how to connect with the plan and to understand the process with it. So um, um, for me, are like levels, you know, when you use ayahuasca vine only, you get into certain levels, you know, certainly understanding with the body, with the mind, with your food, in your daily life. But when you are like using, you know, other forms of suppressor as ayahuasca vine, for example, searing rue or lotus flower or passion fruit, uh, and then you like uh, mixing with uh, DMT, with an other different forms of, of plants that contains also DMT. So when you do that, you're creating more like uh, more chemistry, more neurotransmission, more information into your circuits in which uh, it's a, I think it's a different level. It's more profound because now the Mao is like off. And if you get a trigger of neurotransmission, you know, it's just going to last longer. So you have more time to, to um, how do you say, to process, to receive, you know. Mm. That's the thing also with DMT. And when people, they smoke DMT, you know, and I like struck the medicine and you just like take DMT, just like works three minutes or maximum five minutes. Person could have like altered states and can like see through uh, matter and can like see many things that it's not allowed, not allow us to see right now. And the person could like have a, a hopeless for something bigger or something beyond, you know, and could change the, the state of awareness into the person when the person takes DMT for once. But if you use inhibitors and you use DMT, that's at another different level, you know, because now it's gonna like last hours, not anymore three, four minutes. So when a person is used to navigate into these realms, then you can know about creating different spectrums using pharmawaska. So pharmawaska is another way to create pharmacos from the plant. So you isolate the alkaloids, but now you create, you know, uh, crystals of the beta-carbolines of the ayahuasca vine, which is possible to extract. You create the crystals of it. And then you have the chakruna, for example, and then you extract the DMT of the chakruna. So you have both uh, the med the the uh, pure alkaloid and the, the active alkaloids from the plants. And when you mix it together in a crystal form, that it's, I could say it's a really intense. It's really, really powerful and intense because now you are like making the, you're transforming the plant into a more strong form in order to admin for your, to admin this medicine into your body, so it just like work in a, a strong levels. Right? So um, that's farmawaska. You know? It's like uh, using, uh, yeah, different alkaloids from beta carvolines inhibitors and also neurotransmitters as DMT. You know? So when you mix it both together in a in a chemistry form, like in a um, pure form, I, I could say, you know, um, I think it's it's just like creating a very strong tool to access to these realms 
without the diet. So um, that's with ayahuasca it's about, no? Uh, people need to diet in order like to have a certainly experience with mother ayahuasca because ayahuasca works from body to spirit. You need like to be clean in, in a body level in order to touch the spirit. But with uh, pharmawasca or anawasca, um, the person, even though the person like it doesn't have a right diet, uh, it could like have transcendental state. No? So, for example, if you like want to give uh, ayahuasca ceremonies to people who is addicted to cocaine or alcohol, alcoholics, or you know, are people who is not having the right diet. No? Most of these people, they don't have this transcendental state because they got like to cleanse their body first in order to receive this transcendental state and to change the consciousness. No? So that's why I use anawaskas or pharmawaskas because that allows me to like induce into these people that we are not able to induce into these states because they are carrying so much density in their body. So I just like use visionary alkaloids which is going to allow the person to break through and to to not to interact with the energies of the body too much in order to see it. So since I'm creating a spectrum, which is really strong uh, chemistry to create these uh, uh, DMT neurotransmitters, so um, it's going to make the person to to cross over reality in just like in a few minutes. And then when the person comes back, it, like it will have like this, uh, even though that the person uh, doesn't have a good diet. So that's why um, anawaskas, farmawaskas, um, it's really important to know because uh, you understand you're creating the spectrums, proportions according what the person needs. You know? So um, that's mostly what I do, you know, with uh, the anawaska and farmawaska. No, um, also I am able to synthesize uh, mescaline from Washuma, but uh, you know there's like a there's a balance between uh, when you want to isolate alkaloids from plants, you need to know why you're doing this. You know, you need to know. Uh, it's not just like doing just for exploring. You know, the plant starts like to teaching you and starts like to guide you for so many different levels, so many different perspectives to understand the powers of the plant in so many different forms and to use it in so many different ways. You know, so uh, that's what I learned that. The plant has so many different ways to teach you, to heal you, and to show you something. You no, know, depends how you are like uh, interacting with. You know? So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's really amazing how the plants still showing you and still like working with you when even even that you said that you. Like, yeah, I know everything about this plant from chemistry level, from whatever, even though it has so much more, you know. We're just like looking very tiny layer. But uh, when you are dieting with a plant, like for for certainly seasons, you, you understand the different uh, seasons or different phases in into you in, in during a month you know or during certainly time you're using that plan how it's working into you in different seasons in, in, during that time you know 
you realize your dreams, you realize like, uh, I don't know, you're becoming more intuitive, you're becoming more like creative, more, I don't know, so many different aspects of yourself, it's starting like coming into the surface because you're using a plan that has like thousands of thousands of years old than you. So as soon as you take it, you, you will like having a certain interaction with the DNA of this plan. So, uh, so yeah. I think it's uh, it's really important, like, to understand this uh, this uh, perspective, you know, from when, when you're gonna have a uh, antigen, or or when, or or uh, yeah, when, which place, or with whom, or in what kind of state. Every single moment, person, place. I don't know, feeling everything. It's interacting when you are using a master plan. No? It's just opening an information. No? And sometimes this information goes into the surface and sometimes are things that we don't want like to, to see, but it's necessarily to see in order to transcend. So for me, there's no bad trips. There's no bad, like, no, it's, it's a way to teach you. No? So when you were younger and and being Peruvian, like many of the plants, they, they come from here. But I would imagine a lot of that knowledge, especially in the cities, wasn't very present. Uh, so what what was that what was that like discovering? And and also why why do you think a lot of that knowledge was lost? Uh, I mean, because often we talk about these people as being very advanced. They, they had this very advanced technology. And yet, at some point, it seems to have been lost, whether that was with the conquest or maybe it was before that. What's your, what's your sense of, of where those medicines or that knowledge began to get lost, uh, whether from your own experience or maybe from speaking with the Cerdo? Mm-hmm. Well... Because right now there's also it very much feels like a renaissance. Like there's 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 a, a worldwide reinterest in these things, but mm-hmm. it's it's not something new. It's it, it's almost in a way going back. This yes. knowledge was already there. Yes, totally. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. I think I think everything is because of the money, because of the system, the government. I think that the ninety percent of the people are just like following the rules of the system and the government. So why? Because mm, I think that they don't want us to be, you know, uh, freedom or to be, you know, to be not dependent of anything. Because when you take these plans, you, you will like understand that there is another different way to feed yourself, you know, so you're never they're not anymore conditioned through the illusion of what they, what the government or the system said it's supposed to be right. You know, so uh, I think that uh, it's all manip- it's all being manipulated, all being, and this is this uh, it's been manipulated from so many thousands of years because if you go back into the ancient cultures, you will see that there were these you know, a uh, war between darkness and light, you know, in ancient mythologies, and, and uh, but all the time, 
and there was this like uh, war you know behind so I think that it's still happening you know it's still happening it's just like uh, now we are in a time that uh, we've been so so uh, so freedom I think we've been so awake that at some point just like uh, the government the system was wanted to suppress all these um, uh, capabilities that the men again is like taking again because if we know what capabilities we have we are not conditioned anymore from you know pharmacology medicines or we're not conditioned anymore anymore with a right food what's supposed to be your right breakfast your right lunch your right dinner so we've been programmed how we're supposed to be grow or eat or believe or even our own story we've been confused uh, they, they want like to be confused who who really we've been you know or or uh yeah, I think that uh, because of because of uh, darkness, because of the chaos, it allows us to give us an opportunity to choose, you know. So I think that the pandemic and all these dark side it help us to transcend and to realize the capabilities of human being. It's necessary for me to happen all these things in order to realize. So uh, I think that these things that were passing like thousands of thousands of years, but just in different ways. And uh, you know, the Kairos talks about uh, the prophecy of the return of the Inca, you know, which talks about that the Inca is going to come uh, again, but not as a man. It's like a consciousness. It's the golden Paididi, you know, the golden city, which is a moment or a season that human beings are going to remember who they are and stuff. So, and that happens when, when, um, when the chaos comes. So the chaos precipitates evolution, and it's necessary that moments in order to ascend or descend. You know? So uh, I think uh, these times of the pandemic, just like it's an opportunity to choose and to realize the capabilities of human being. You know, and at some ways, like helping us, you know, to remember so many things. But uh, they are so good into controlling. Uh, they are allow. They are allowing what it should be correct or not correct. You no, know? why? Like for example, like having alcohol the weekends is correct, and just like I don't know, uh, having ayahuasca or DMT that's crazy or incorrect. You know. There is no, uh, or or we, you know. So um, I think that it's it's really crazy how the system is like allowing certain things that make us depressed or make us uh, to be more down or more stressed, you know, and and uh, and they don't allow other tools of earth that make us to realize what we have in our body, what we are doing with our mind, with our feelings. No? So I think that um, um, this this is happening because of the controlling, no? the system, our freedom. So imagine if we all recover our freedom, 
We don't need medications, we don't need wars, we don't need nothing, you know, we just need love and and just to help each other and when when that happens it's just like we are all free and we are not like thinking that oh I need to work, I need to suffer, I need to this to have these or to heritage my kids or to so you're constantly moving through a cycle of density. You know, and, and and you know and you're like damaging the earth because the heart is has a vibration, you know, and it's interacting with the electromagnetic field in, in the earth. So imagine what 90% of people is moving their actions through fear, through, I don't know, uh, through different low states. So they are like giving uh, this dense energy into the earth instead of beetle energy, you know. So I guess that when the person is like uh, getting in tune with higher states, the person it's capable to be in perfect condition, you know, and it's never gonna get ill, never. So you don't need to work too much. You don't need like to suffer too much to get that money in order like to stress yourself to have the right breakfast or the right lunch that they commercialize and they're marketized, you know. So we think that we're pure or we are like wealth because we have this breakfast with this lunch or we are a lawyer or whatever, you know. So it's just like creating illusions in our mind in order to just to maintain us in a certain frequencies. So at some point I'm gonna get ill because I'm see myself in a cage and see myself like this. So at some point for sure something is gonna happen to me, you know. So uh, I think that, uh, yeah, Mother Earth is just like a consciousness way. She she knows. She she really knows uh, what we need and what's happening in the world. She's creating several different tools, mechanisms of defense from herself because the human being is damaging her. You no, know, it's damaging our own. We are Pachamama, right? So. She's like so wise that she's creating several plans around the world in order to take it and like realize, you know, uh, our body, our spirit, our mind, our heart, realize all these uh, things that is interacting and it's firmly connected. It's not just matter, it's not just about food. And people think that just like eating food, you're gonna like uh, live in completely wealth if you have a right diet. but. You can see so many people, so sportive people, so like people nutrition are very well fed, they have really good diets, they die bro. And it's because, you know, we need to carry these three levels. It's not just about the body, you know, it's also about the mind and also about the heart, you know. So are firmly connected. I can feel feed my body with different neurotransmissions through exercise, but what about my mind? If my mind is weak and I believe like certainly shit, I'm creating particles, I'm creating reality, I'm creating hormones, creating matter, creating my reality through my belief. So even though if I like do, I have a right diet, I am really strong body and whatever, if my mind change my electromagnetic field, I'm just gonna allow these things to attack me and I'm just gonna die even though this person was so well fit. So, um, we need like to be aware of these three levels, you know, that the mind is affecting my heart, my heart is affecting my body, you know, and all these things 
three things is firmly connected. So it's not just about what I am eating. You know, so um, yeah, we need to be aware of our mind, you know, and our feelings and, and what we eat as well. So, um, so yeah, I think that the system and the government is just like confusing people to make us to choose beliefs through just, uh, I don't know, a very narrow path. But when the person is like interacting with plants, with the earth and nature, you start like not seeing anymore this narrow path that you've been taught from your parents and from what is supposed to be right. So then your your view is open up like this and like this and like this and and then you like start to wonder what what's what else with these what, what's up what, why people doesn't like give importance to this perspective too that it's also there you know so uh, so yeah I think uh, it's just like it's a time that uh, people are awaking. But since they are awakening, I think that the system just like wants to put us down in order like to have in the same cycle. So you are keep conditioned by your uh, fake illusions, you know. So, um, so yeah, I think it's because of the money, the government, you know, uh, the system, and behind them there is like other energies, you know that are interacting with them, but as you as me, we have also our guides that allow us to talk these things, you know, so um, I think that uh, it's a choice, no? It's a time people to choice, because we have all the tools right there, no? And it's a time to choice what you want to to create in your life, no? Nothing is like a whole truth. It's, we're just like a perspective of the same expression, you know. And uh, we like got like not to see ourselves as something, you know, as engaged as something, you know. Because when you do that, you're just like enclosing yourself to certainly frequency and from duality, you know. So um, I think that we are more than that, you know, and we have more capability than that, and we have the capability to do so many things, you know. I could tell, like, I went to so many places in during the pandemic without taking a plane. You know, I realized that the pandemic for me was a really nice time to understand that my consciousness is able to go to Egypt, Mexico, to Angkor Wat or to many power places because my consciousness coexists with these places into the quantum field. And uh, I know in physical body I got to take a plane, a bus, but if I learn how to access into this information in me with certainly tools, I am allowed to go into these places which is in the quantum field, you know, so um, I guess that we have the capability to do so many things, to heal ourselves, to travel beyond constellations, stars, universes, to uh, interact with our guides, angels, ETs, or whatever, guardians, elementals, or there's so much, there's so, so much, and I think that here this place teach me to see and to feel and to interact with these guardians and beings and deities and to communicate with them and uh, to understand that I have friends, you know, higher friends in, in these realms, and then when I go back here, 
I see people with more compassion because uh, there are people that uh, they don't know, you know, that they don't know that they have guys, they have like higher places inside of them that they can go and they can go back. So how, how, how this person could feel, you know, when it's capable to do this, you know, you feel more empowered, you feel more confident, you feel more, you know, so I don't know, like, Sometimes I go into the street and person insult me or whatever. You're so like secure about you just went through a higher realms, you know. So you 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 take this with you and you walk in the 3D with this with you, you know. So it allows you to have a different view with people, with persons, with whatever you're interacting, you know. So it makes you to to feel more humble, you no know? and when you are like, I think, going beyond your matter, you know, beyond this, so, uh, so yeah. You mentioned a couple ideas that I find very interesting. One is this idea of freedom, which I think we speak a lot about, but there's often a disconnect to, as you said, this idea between understanding something on the mental level and, and actually it being manifested through our, our physical actions. You know, even like you said, like someone insults me. Mm-hmm. How does that actually manifest through my physical being? Um, and very much this idea you were speaking about, the, the, the Kerdos and the Sandian cosmovision, that the thoughts are extremely powerful and that it actually changes us on a physical level. Yeah. Where do you think you, is that something that, that, do you think that's one of the important things of, of learning from some of these trans uh, traditions? Was that also coming from your direct experience with plants? Because even in the plant world, from, from my perspective, that seems to be a real disconnect. Like you mentioned, this idea of the pandemic, even I think a lot of people who, who maybe work with plants, they still have that tendency, for example, to want to dominate. Like what I believe is right is mm-hmm. truth, and therefore everyone has to follow my truth. Everyone has to do what I say. On an individual level, we see it on a governmental level, as you were saying, that the system of control, this is how we have to be. And I think a lot of people, when they think of, of these ancient traditions, as you were saying, there was something very simple in that. I mean, which is unbelievably complex, you know, all of the the infinity of human existence, but that also it was this very simple system that how are my thoughts? How are those creating my actions? How is that affecting my heart? How am I walking in this world from a place of an open heart? It seems like there's a real disconnect mm-hmm. with a lot of people so I know this is kind of a maybe a long or strange question, but those ideas that, that you found of, of the importance of thoughts, of the importance of the heart, of, of these ideas of freedom, of, of finding our own internal power, not relying on, on outside sources, is that something you, you think you these, these like Andean cosmovisions opened you up to and that you further experience from plants? Or where do both. you think that comes from? I think it's both. Um... I think uh, I used to reconfirm so many things uh, when I take uh, plants in these kind of power places because you start like having these downloads and um, ideas and you know that it doesn't come from you 
it comes from the collective or I don't know the memory of the place or the library of the universe and just like comes to you and I think that um, yeah that this was happening in film for thousands of years but um, I think that I reconfirmed so many things with the plants because you can realize that most of our beliefs uh, and ideas it was implanted. It was uh, we we've been grow with these ideas, with these beliefs, you know, and and these pass through several people in my family, you know, and how it's supposed to be the right thing, you know, and I think that this was happening forever, for thousands and thousands of years, but uh, I think that uh, that when the person just start like to feel their heart and less the mind, it start like to changing the different conditions in their life in order to reconfirm what you are like having, you know? Uh, these kind of insights. So um, I think that uh, a person could like couldn't realize, or is gonna be in cage or like a slave all the time, if he's only using his rational mind, you know, and and uh, and that's why it doesn't allow us to to go beyond, because the mind is like enclosing certainly frequencies. It's creating signals, you know, into the universe to create conditions, circumstances, you know, there's no casualties. It's just basically you're creating these conditions according what you are doing daily in your life. For example, we're talking right now this because I am being vibing with this kind of thing and you too and just this moment it brings into this moment because of this kind of vibes, you know. So I think that if the person from very child is like just growing with certain ideas and belief, I think uh, this person is not freedom. It's, 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 a, it's a fake freedom. You know, parents, they just to tell, tell you, hey, you got to be competitive. You got to be the best. You got to study and to be the best because if no, someone is going to get your job. Someone's, there's going to be someone better than you and you're going to be nobody. So you need to be someone. You know, so all the time is the dual aspect, you no know, black, white. If you don't do this, you're gonna feel like this. If you do this, you're gonna feel like this. But both are wrong. You know, it's an illusion. So I think that if we get rid of this dual aspect and start like doing things from the heart, not from the dual mind, uh, you will like um, get into awareness in which I think you're gonna have your superpowers. You're gonna like uh, remember so many things, even from your past life, or why my mom or my grandma, or why I'm having these thoughts or these feelings that, I don't know why I'm feeling these. And there's many people that they feel some things that they don't know why. And it's because they're carrying information from their lineage, you know, from their past life. and. You know, I'm carrying like the goals of my grandfather, things that he couldn't do it. I am carrying it now, you know, and, and I 
need to be aware of that, that I'm like here because I'm carrying all the vibrations or the goals, densities or whatever from my ancient lineage until now. But am I going to continue that to just keep in that cycle? Or am I going to transcend and to use these in order to create a different lineage of time? Because I'm going to like create a different DNA into my kid. I'm going to create a different memory. So I'm not going to be any more conditioned by like, I don't know, a hundred years. Because if we go thousands of years back, we, we've been like good, no? But then it, it being worse because, I don't know, uh, because of the church, because of the religion, politics, economics, you know, a lot of stuff that we just like forgot all that. And, but uh, most of the people, they just continue what the father or the grandfather uh, told you, you know, and what's supposed to be right and wrong. But uh, I think that we, when we, uh, when we realize that we are using only the memory and the information what my parents and my ancestors they give me just certainly information when i realize that i realize that i'm not me i'm not being whole me you know i'm just like doing what i'm being thought or you know so it's like uh, once i born they're like putting me this direction to see but uh, I think that when the person realizes that we're carrying all these and we're born with all this information, but depends of the signals of the environment again, it depends of what I'm choosing in my life, I'm gonna remember or forgetting. If I like, I don't know, keep going with the same things that my mom and my mother told me to do, I'm for sure I'm not gonna talk these things, no? I'm for sure I'm. I'm just like gonna be, I don't know, like I'm maybe a doctor or more, uh, I don't know, a kind of dogmatic uh, way. But um, I think that when a person is growing like this, also is growing into the dual aspect. So you are seeing yourself that you got to be the best and to win and to be competitive, and you are always gonna see better or worse than others, depends on your work. So that's an illusion because, for example, a person who is like, I don't know, studying medicine for 20 years and 30 years and then he goes to the Harvard University and then he got a master and all that. So he's carrying a vibration and an experience through all these reality and it's shaping in a certain frequency, its own consciousness, it has patterns, it has geometry, it has frequencies going on, depends on what you are like uh, feeling yourself with your mind, your heart, with your food, or whatever. So if a person for like 30 years, it's been like raised in a so dogmatic way, professional way, and he been like studying and being competitive with so many doctors and stuff. I think this person is just like engaged in a certain information that also is true, but what about if a little kid of, I don't know, 20 years old, like in a simple way, heals a person without this kind of, uh, you know, uh, 
without this kind of uh, studies or for for this person is hey this is not possible you know I pass through all these and to understand all these in order to get here so what what's going on what did you do so I think that when the person starts like to open up into a a different uh, you know, higher ways to understand something, I think we allow us to to just like to to transcend ourselves and to like create a different information into our genes. So I think that person starts to change when you are like using different tools of earth, different ways of thinking, I mean, different, uh, yeah, just like different tools, not as you've been like taught, you know. So when you do that and more in touch with nature, I think that you will receive a different kind of knowledge from the earth in order to get to the same goal as a kind of, I don't know, practitioner or doctor can do. But I think that all these kind of uh, studies and it was it was done understanding the laws of nature so uh, I don't know I think that the person like needs to understand more nature in order like to understand how how huge how how uh, far we've been confused how far we've been like manipulated and you know so I think it's really easy we just like got to be in nature you know and and to yeah, just like before so long in nature to understand so many things about you, your life, and then you realize that, oh wow, this was happening from so many years, from so many, in so many different ways, you know, and they just like wanted to suppress different parts of us to that we are, we have access and allow us to heal immediately and to, you know, to do so many incredible things, you know, and uh, now science we can prove that, you know, into people, I don't know, for example, the Shaolins, you know, are like really hard meditators that they can break the signs, like, I don't know, they can like do things that goes beyond, uh, I don't know, like uh, passing through fire or going into boiling, you know, water, all, all, all the body there. So it's like going beyond. So we have like a huge... Uh, technological machine I don't know but the, we just like forgot we just like forgot we just been confused you know and this was a war for thousands of years you know and mythology talks about a lot uh, how this was been happening you know and and, uh, and yeah I think uh, I think now it's a moment that people is remembering so fast and so easy because the same chaos because of the same darkness is going on and uh, and yeah and people is like remembering easily but uh, I think that the purpose of like changing all these and to remember all these uh, who we are and uh, why we're here and all these I think it's uh, like a process of the spirit 
to become in a different form of light, in a different form of giving light. So if we are not like giving too much light with our heart in this life, if we are not like, there is frequencies, right? And right now my heart is bumping and it has like a math, it has a, like a vibration and it's affecting the quantum right now, affecting the field. So if my heart is not all the time, it's not like having these vibrations in tune with the earth, I'm basically all the time having a certain frequency in which when I die, I'm going to become another form of light that attach with that frequency that I'm being used all the time. I don't know if that makes sense. That's how I see it. So if the person in this life is start like to give in so much light in so many different forms, when the person dies, it becomes a, in a different form of giving light. No? For example, I don't know, the star, the tree, the clouds. It's just like different forms to interact with everything, but giving energy or or absorbing energy, you know, so I think that our goal is go back to the sun, you know, which is the main source and what the most of the ancient cultures, uh, they were like trying to redirect us back to the sun, which is our house or our home. So uh, that's why the solar initiations, the pilgrimages around, you know, the Inca trails and all these is like ways to remember that you have a frequency and has a shape and it's giving light and it's interacting with the world and with everything. So if we are like uh, shaping this light in order to have a more refined light, in order to be in tune with the earth, so we are like giving vital energy to the earth instead like to damaging through our fears. That's what that the solar higher priests of the Incan they were doing. They were going into power places because they have so much higher consciousness and using their heart in order to increase the bowel and start like to feed the earth through ley lines, through the heart, through energy. So uh, what about if we are all doing this? You know, imagine like many people in tune with the heart and have this kind of awareness. So we are like dancing the same song, you know? we're like all hearing the same sound, and, you know, and I think like we can like have a different, uh, yeah, I, I think a different uh, way of evolution, I don't know, a different form of life, I don't know, but um, I see it like that, I, I see that the person needs like to, um, to understand this, you know, to understand that every time we are like interacting with the field and according what we are doing with the field, that's what we are gonna receive after we we die, you know, and just this this uh, sweet goes and just my pure light goes into a certain frequency in, in the multidimensional levels of the quantum field. So um and there's layers, you know, there's dimensions. We're just like looking at tiny surface, you know. But then when you look into microscope, you see a whole world in, inside of matter, you know. And so um, I think there's so much going on that uh, the person needs to realize in order to be free. You know? So, and that's freedom. Freedom is not like to be conditioned anymore for you know, any attachment, you know, even 
like not to say I am just human, you know, you have everything, you're a tree, you're a plant, you're alien, you're, you have so many things, but it's about like to remember it, you know, and uh, just like to awake, you know, all these different yeah, memory and aspects of yourself, so you don't see yourself just to one thing, because you can just like identify as that and then you feel bad because you're looking other things from a dual mind, dual aspect, so, um, so yeah, I think that's freedom for me, you know, it's like to, to not to be attached to anything and to feel, you know, to feel love and to feel gratitude and to feel just with anything, you know, just in the present moment, you know, and to experience right now, that, so that's for me, it's freedom. But as soon as my mind says, oh, I got to do this and that, and you know, so I'm like predicting my future, moving through this and that, and that in order to have this and that and that. So at what moment we are like not thinking? At what moment you are like just like enjoying this moment, you know? And that's what people need to learn, you know, that to understand that the mind is always anticipating and always, you know, try to, to gain and to be and to... But uh, I think that's an illusion, no? And as soon as you get rid of that, you will get into your freedom aspect, no? And the essence of yourself, which is completely love and alive. No? And you don't need anything, just like from being there and sitting down and and there is nothing around and you are just in touch with your heart and then you are in tune with this life consciousness you start to feeling the fourth dimension and the fourth dimension is the energy and vibration it's completely dark it's completely it's emptiness you, know? you, you completely lose the sounds completely lose the who you are, where you are completely lose the sense so you get into the fourth dimension now you are feeling your heart you're feeling vibration, you get into the fourth, but then it's so vivid, now it's becoming so real inside and, and you feel so good because the mind is not there, you're just feeling the heart, then it's increasing this vibration so much, so much, now you can see it, now you see the colors of your, the vibration of your electromagnetic field produced by your heart, so now once you see it, you're accessing into the fifth dimension, and you can see these magnificent vivid colors according what your heart is bumping. And if you pay attention to that colors, it's interacting with your emotions, it's changing because of your emotions. And when it's so much vivid and you get into more into this uh, realm, this fifth D, and you see these colors and stuff, then consciousness starts like to see these colors with a shape, it starts like to have divine shapes so you can see like perfect divine shapes with vivid colors inside of you through the sound of the heart and when, when you're seeing these frequencies and, and divine shapes with colors inside of yourself I call it the waiting room because it's the place where many people they get shocked and, and when you get shocked it's just like close up because the mind wants to understand, it wants to, like, what is this, you know, and, 
And that's when many people, they stuck in the sixth dimension. I call it the waiting room because it depends on your brain and your heart coherence, this dimension inside of yourself that you're opening up this awareness and you can see through your third eye, these colors and shapes and frequencies. But then you get into the six in this amazing sacred geometry and mandalas. If your consciousness is able to pay attention to this dance of mandalas and kaleidoscope shapes, you will find sacred geometry, like divine shapes that the ancient cultures, they were placing into so many temples. So there are like specifically resonances and frequencies, specifically sacred geometries that is gonna interact with your awareness if you allow to choose one of them because there's so much going on in the six dimension there's so much shape so much things so when you like i don't know recognize one of these sacred patterns let's say the chakana cross or let's say the flower of life or the metatron or whatever when you see these sacred geometry inside of yourself in the sixth dimension and you place your attention in one of these sacred geometries consciousness starts to interact with the shape and the shape goes into you like a kind of, uh, it's, it's, a, it's like a covering you as a kind of bubble. So you become one with that shape, you become that shape, and that shape works like a UFO, works like a kind of uh, ovni, a kind of, it's like a kind of device of consciousness that takes you higher from the 60. So that's when the sacred geometry works. You know? You uh, use the sacred geometry in order to jump through the sixth dimension, and there's gaps between the six and the seventh dimension. There's it's like the scale notes of the music. So um, when the person jumps over the sixth dimension, then is when it can it, it can be able to connect with the higher spirits of the higher beings, or that it's in higher dimensions from this one. No? So, I think it's a process for the person to cross over these realities, these multidimensional levels of reality that coexist with your spirit and with your consciousness. And when we are able to navigate through or passing through matter, you are going outside the box. So one cube, it's one 3D representation of one dimension, or the cube is Pachamama. But the Chakana cross is a representation of 33 cubes in a three-dimensional shape. Chakana means the bridge of the heaven. It's basically the ancient symbol that makes you to jump over or to make a quantum leap into a different multidimensional levels of reality. So this is called the, um, the Kaipacha, no? the Kaipacha is matter. But as soon as the person goes beyond this reality, you're going into the Hanan Pacha reality. You know, so now I am jumping from the 3D dimension into another form of reality that also it's, it's here, but in a different uh, way. So when the person it's, it's jumping to different cubes, you know, it's it's like navigating through different realms, or different realities, through different levels of awareness. So, 
the person it's like navigating through the different realities of creation because this is reality but also there is a different perspective of this area you know, from a quantum level so as soon as the person starts like to see himself and the space and the universe from so many different cubes you're creating a chakana symbol you're creating a sacred geometry because you are learning how to go beyond these concepts and you are allowing yourself to return to the origin because you are going beyond of this and from this comes from another level and from this another level and, and it's like diving into microcosmos or higher cosmos or and when you do that you are like understanding that this is not all no that you are interacting with so many different realms and energies and information that now your being, your brain, your heart, it's allowing to go beyond and to pass through all these realms. So then when you go back into the Kaipacha, you said, why? Or you said like, what was that? Or where I was or why I was there, you know, I was just sitting down here, but then just like went into a different reality, just like being into meditation or whatever, stimulation. And uh, the person is like getting into the different realms of the creator, you know, and according to the Cosmovision, the Inca should pass through the different realms of creation in order to go to the center, the circle, the Pachamama. You know? So the cube is the 3D matter, you know? but as soon as we are jumping so many different realms, we are like passing the 33 levels of consciousness according the Andean Cosmovision, which is 33 realities or 33 uh, ways of I don't know, like 33 perspective of this reality in order to understand that we are the origin, that we are Pachamama, that we are like coming into, into the center, jumping through all these realities. So uh, you're getting into a more refined realms or density realms, but you're understanding from so many different levels what's reality. So you're not just like using your body to experience space and time. You're also using consciousness to experience energy, space, time, and, uh, yeah, and matter. So, uh, according to Indian Cosmovision, that was the goal, that the person should understand that needs to remember and to pass through all these uh, chakanas, you know, bridges to different realms in order to understand that it's not just that. Understand that you are more than that, so you, you remember where you come from, you know who you are and what you need to do here. Some of these these sacred sites, um, like Ollantaytambo, or recently I went to, I think it's the Iglesia Naupa. Mm -hmm. There's there's a tremendous workmanship and technology there you look at the rocks and I mean they're cut with such precision and like Naupa it's, it's, it's these kind of two structures that you see which are just again cut with this, this unbelievable precision and, and they very much stand out and 
at least for me, but I think for a lot of people, there's a very different feeling when one is around mm-hmm. those structures because there's, again, there's a there's a different technology that's at work. Or you go to Oyantatambo, and I mean, some of the the sizes of the stones are unimaginable. I mean, even there's one that's laying on the ground that most people don't even see. That's, I mean, it's enormous. It, it must be uh, ten meters or something in, in length and. Um, so what do you, what is your sense, why were those sacred sites constructed and, and, and why was there seemingly such a, a precision and a technology that, that went into those sites? Because again, like, like today, we, we, we don't do anything for no reason. Everything, as you said, there, there's, there's a thought behind it. There's an emotion so that it becomes manifested. So mm-hmm. there's a tremendous amount of thought, a tremendous amount of uh, a deep sense of wanting to create this site for something very specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, um, well, as I see it, every time that I go into these places, I felt so important. I felt like, like, I don't know, like I'm like a king or like a god or like something somebody so precious, so divine. So I think that the ancient cultures that this that did this divine, you know, uh, for me it's divine because it's so precise. It's basically, there's math on it, you know, there's like perfect angles, you know, shapes into the world, very complex. But every single stone has a reason to be there because it's like a puzzle, you know? So why they got like to make so complex work and so perfect, even the joints, like it's so close that a piece of paper or a hair can cross. So I think that, as I see it, is that there are temples, but there are like high frequencies of electromagnetic fields, depends of the, the same place, because there's a ley line going on, depends of the minerals that these um, rocks have, depends of the elements that the Incans they were using at that moment, like gold, silver, in order to interact with electromagnetic fields in that place, with that minerals, in certain dates. So I, I think that from an energy level, when you walk around these walls, Basically, your DNA, your memory, your subconscious, as soon as you observe it, you don't understand, but your memory and your DNA is interacting with these divine codes that are on the world. So for me, it's like a certainly certainly hierarchy of royalty of Incan consciousness that only certainly people could, could be alone in these temples because of that so magnificent, refined uh, shapes. That's like a kind of projection of our own sacred geometry grid in ourselves. So I see it like that. When you walk around these power places and you see all these complex geometry, I think it's like a projection of the grid of the energy field when you are just able to see through matter and you will see these shapes and these frequencies, this divine order. 
So I think that every single angle, every single piece of rock that I place, you know, in so perfect shapes, I think it's a kind of code, a kind of information that it's talking to our DNA. Just being sitting down there or just like being walking around there is telling us, hey, you are divine, you're perfect, you have this information, your math, your everything in yourself, you know. So I think that's why they like make so uh, precise, complex, divine math and sacred geometry because that's why that's what we are. When we alter our consciousness, we can see that I have vibrations going into all my body, depends on what I'm feeling. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and that's what I, for example, Nyaupa, right? Nyaupa, that cave that has like a, it's like an interdimensional door carved into the rock. You know, it has like three, three doors inside of one, inside of each one. And uh, also, it's a, it's accomplished certainly divine numbers into the world that when you are inside of of that square because it's like a photo like a square that has a measurement you're inside there is an interaction between that frequency with your consciousness because it's also vibrating and has a frequency because of your heart so i think that the the andean sacred geometry has so much to do with our heart, with our electromagnetic field, with our DNA, as soon as we are touching it or paying attention to that, we are like interacting with different information in the world, with our DNA, our memory, our frequencies, you know? So I think it's quantum codes are like kind of um, yeah, symbolisms that carries certain information that just like being there you're having a certainly interaction with these codes in the world even though the person don't understand but inside of yourself we are carrying memory DNA and all that so perfection so I think it's a way to touch our divinity when we are in these places no? so that's why there are so magnificent and precise places but there are also places that hasn't the same work but also carrying certainly energy too and certainly role in consciousness no so um so yeah i see it uh, as quantum symbols no they call it like tokapus in andean in quechua inca language which are like um symbols and codes that interact with our consciousness without knowing it's just like a memory that it's that is there from thousands and thousands of years you know that the ancients they just like to uh, put it again, you know, in, into the clothes, into the walls, into the ceramics, into so many ways, you know. So, um, yeah, I see it like that. It's more like a higher information that is interacting with our memory, even though we don't understand. You know? So it's affecting us. You know? So, um, but imagine a person who is like having an antigen or a master plan in these power places you start like see behind these codes, this information, these energies you understand from a quantum level, from energy level, I don't know, like many things from, from this place, you know, because you're alterating the consciousness using a tool of Mother Earth that was well here in order to interact with Mother Earth, you know, but you are like uh, using this tool 
to uh, yeah, just like to see through the eyes of the earth, you know, because we've been programmed, we've been conditioned, we are just using the logic, but our places that with the logic and the mind you can do much to understand it. You know? So um, that's more the occidental uh, way of thinking to see things from a more scientific aspect. But in the Indian, uh, when you see these things, the mind doesn't help too much to understand it. No? You need to see it from la logica trivalente, which is three aspects. No? Um, from energy level, from quantum level, from matter, you know, from so many different ways, you know, and I think the heart uh, can understand so many things, you know, and I don't know, like, um, basically these power places are a heritage from my culture in order to use it and to understand the many information that they're carrying, you know, that's why it was called Cusco, you know? it's a word from the Spaniards, but the real name was Cosco, you know? which is navel or, yeah, my belly button, which connects my umbilical cord to my mom, so that's why they put this name Cosco, because many cultures from many countries in South America, they were coming to this place so energy vortex in which you can connect with the Great Mother, Gaia or Pachamama, to remember your purpose, you know, your mission. You know, so I think it's just like an advance. Uh, uh, I think that these ancient cultures, they had so much wisdom, so much connection that they understand that when they are in tune with, mm, I don't know, the astros, right? that there's when it comes the Archeo-Andean astronomy because they were like making alignments with the moon, the sun, certain constellations, alignments with the doors and the windows in the temples without roofs because they were always like orienting themselves with the universe and the Milky Way and, and what it's amazing is that they were like solar initiations and they like understand that these alignments with the sun and the moon, it's creating a certainly type of energy or frequency that interacts in a certain moment in the year with the ley line, with the temple that is being done with gold and minerals and certainly alignments with which the light of the sun is going to pass through in completely darkness using gold to reflect more the light of the sun through the window I'm gonna touch the mirror of gold and it's gonna create more light into another mirror of gold. So this is amazing because they are like reflecting the sun of light through windows, through temples, creating more light, more density, reflecting the sun of light through uh, golden mirrors in windows. So at some point this light of sun that is going out and is coming across the temple touch the mirror touch the other mirror, the other one, the other one, the other one, and you are in a certainly position to wait the sun of light to touch your heart, your throat, your third eye. So this is called solar initiation, and they were using the plasma of the sun in order to give more vital energy into what we are like thinking, or it's been said that the sun has the capability to produce 
like is if we are like I don't know thinking worry or stuff and we are out in the sun you know the sun is like just like creating more energy in order to produce more your reality whatever you're thinking or feeling so since the ancient cultures they knew that they used the sun in order to have meditations to I don't know visualize or alterate their awareness in order to see themselves like I don't know pure or whatever and they were using the light of the sun in order to make matter to, to make it real you know so also that's why also I think that many people they are now in lockdowns you know inside of the house because the ancient cultures also they were saying that this is the time that the sun is projecting more light so you need to be careful what you're thinking or feeling because it's going to produce more of what you are feeling or thinking so in certain dates of the year the Incans they were using the power of the sun because they knew that these alignments is creating certainly energy for you to keep you know strong or you know um, so this was called solar initiations you know and there are several places in which you can wait these alignments of the sun to come through this uh, you know close space like dark space but there's windows that it's aligning with the sun so the sun pass through and can like interact with consciousness you know so um, I think this is things that many cultures they were doing Egyptian, Aztecs, Mayans uh, but uh, we're just forgetting all that and how I remember it is because when I meditate into these places and going over and over again and with respect and you know and trying to connect with this oracle because it was used to communicate they will tell, tell you and show you the uses of these places because all the information is inside of you if you allow to interact with a temple interact with Pachamama but you need to learn how you know, it requires uh, time requires a lot of I don't know fear to to like really have a confidence into make a communication with the temple, with the plant in a certain day, with a certain fasting, you know, you really get information, you know. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, there are so many different kinds of meditations that the Incans they were doing using these sacred power places, and as. Um, as a plan, they were using the Wilka, you know? uh, it's been found the Wilka seeds in many of these temples and now we know that contains huge amounts of DMT so it's the most powerful plant found in the world now on DMT so most of my um, yeah most of these ancient cultures you know, uh, my ancestors they were using so many different tools of earth in order to go back home and to understand that uh, we we're not trapped here you know so i think that that's the mission of everyone here is to remember that uh, yeah that we're just creating concepts and, and beliefs and reality through our awareness you know and uh, there's no one whole truth you know? it's, it's just like there's so many millions of millions of people you know, who I am to say no that's not true you know it's also 
a perspective, an expression of God to experience life. So it can interact, we can interact with so many different forms. And I'm not saying this is the truth, no? or this is, I'm just experiencing, you know, as, as, uh, yeah, as, as human, as part of a projection of God, you know, my own experience to understand in my own way, you know. But uh, I think this is amazing because it's, un it's unlimitless. There is so, so much, you know, so, so much. And I can stop like meeting people that they have like uh, this kind of also uh, connections or wisdom, but but so many, but different paths, you know, totally different paths. No? So I think we are in a time that everything is coming into the surface because many people from many different paths, even from many different countries, they have the same consciousness, you know, and it's because nature, you know, it's, we are like studying being really brothers from the same mother, you know, because it's different languages, different, but it's the same uh, awareness, you know, in so many different cultures, countries. So that's the prophecy of the Kedos. The eagle and the condor are going to fly together. And that's why we came out, because it's a time that now the wisdom of the north, not the wisdom of the south. You're from North America, I'm from Peru, so you're the, con you're the eagle and the condor. So now it's a way that this information is like, you know, taking shape. So. It's uh, it's happening, no? It's so um, oh yeah. A friend of mine who I interviewed, uh, Roman. I don't know if you've heard of him. He started Roman. Yeah, he started Paititi Institute. Uh, very fascinating guy, but uh, he just wrote a book, and I was reading it. And one of the things that that stood out to me, which I hadn't heard before, uh, is he was saying one of his teachers said. The, the Andes, it's more of like a Spanish-sized name that, that in more olden times it was Antis. And it was a very advanced culture. And it also, I think he was saying in the Amazon, uh, those people were called the Atla. The? Uh, Atla. Agyas. Atla. Uh, Atla. Yeah. And so the, those two names together, the Atla and the Antis, is Atlantis. Is that something you, you had ever heard of before? Because also yeah. it, it's quite fascinating because Atla is, it's a word you find all over the Americas. You find it in in Nuatla, even though the word, the Nuatla, or like Quetzalcoatl. Yes. And, and it, from my understanding, it, it actually represents like the serpent, mm -hmm. uh, Quetzalcoatlla mm -hmm. is serpent, and Atla is like water, the giver of life, mm -hmm. uh, which is fascinating because, from my understanding too, that's there's a link. There's a link, and even this idea of Quetzalcoatl, like when when Cortez came, it was this idea that that he was this like lightered skin guy with a beard, which mm -hmm. came from their legends of these more advanced people, the the Atla. The, the, the serpent people or the water mm -hmm. people. Uh, but I found it very fascinating that that, that was also here, this idea of Atla yeah. and Yeah, what I know about that is that in the beginnings of the Incan Empire, there was four empires, right? The Contisuyo, Chinchaisuyo, Antisuyo, and I don't remember the other one, but it says that the first empire, 
in the beginnings of the Inca Empire, it was the anti suyo The anti suyo were, it was being said that it's the people who came from the Antis, which is the Andes. No, but if we like go to Lake Titicaca and we see the origins of the Incan and the Ancosmovision, you will go to Tiahuanaco culture. And you will see that if you go there, you will see that there is a massive lake, not the huge, the highest lake in the world, which there is some season when the lake goes down, you can see some temples underwater. So it says that the Incans, they came from Tiahuanaco and then re re rebuilt the empire again after a flood that there was here and part of the Lake Titicaca is what is left from the flood. But it's been says that the Antisuyo is not the people who came from the Andes or Antis. It's the people who came from the Atlantis, the people who survived into the flood of the Lake Titicaca. So that's the first empire, is the survivors of the Atlantis. That's the Antisuyo Empire. So um, these survivors, it was the first empire, and they were like to, to rebuild what the, the ancient civilization you know, before the pre-flood was trying to, uh, to, uh, to continue, you know? So um, I think that uh, the Incan has something to be with the pre-flood and something to be with the theory of Platon, which is a myth, but now in many different lakes, in many different cultures, they have an origin, they have like a myth of origin, but many of them talks about floods, and then they like restore again their, their civilization. So um, I think that uh, the, well, in the Andes, there was a huge uh, kind of, race or thousands of thousands of years human were interacting with different kind of beings and races and and uh, according to the Andean mythology there is a priest called the Inca Amaru Muru which is the the Amaru is the serpent in Quechua so the serpent priest Amaru Muru came from Mu Mu is the ancient Lemuria before Atlantis, um, yeah, before Atlantis was uh, came. So it says that the Inca Marumuru was a survivor of this first civilization, the ancient Lemuria, and he was carrying a tool, the sun disk. And this sun disk was a tool from this ancient civilization that has the capability to to um, change the weather, to change the position of the sun, like big stuff, you know, that now in science, well now quantum physics, now we know that the government system, they can play even with your genes, they can create, you know, uh, there's a technology called CRISPR technology that it can like create a, a being whatever you want to have, you want to have a kid, this kid one, if you want to have this kind of color of eyes or this kind of wisdom, so you can like create this. Now China can do that. So I think that government and science and uh, they were doing this, but this was happening even from thousands of thousands of years. 
that it's been capable to manage and manipulate the earth or whatever as God, you know? So, like, I think at times um, the Lemurian or the Atlantis people, they have this kind of capability, you know, to play with electromagnetic fields, to change the weather, to change the orbit of the planet or things like that, that occurs a cataclysm, you know, and, and uh, but since then there were so many cataclysms. But um, according Atlantis, that's what I uh, see it, you know, that because Atlantis is presenting so many cultures with the overflow and the survivors. So in the Indian Cosmovision, if we take a look into Tiahuanaco, Peru and Bolivia, that we share the highest lake in the world, we see that there's the Antisuyo, which is the people who came from the Antis, which is the Atlantis, which is this uh, overflow that was there. And, uh, and yeah, that's what I, uh, the connection that I know, according to the Incans, that maybe the Incans uh, come from even like thousands of thousands of years from the Atlantis time and Lemurian time, you know. There's a place called Temple of Amaru Muru in Puno. And um, and if you talk to the locals around, the locals will tell you that they saw people disappearing into that portal using a certain tool. And when you talk with the locals in Lake Titicaca, they all they will tell you, yeah, we see like sheep and stuff coming up from the lake. We don't interact each other, but we live between. You know, they they live live among them, you know, but they don't interact. They just like share the lake and and the islands, you know, but they don't interact each other. But many of these people they like believe and they see these uh, beings and coming up from the lake and stuff. So. I think there's a, a huge vortex in Lake Titicaca and I think there's a lot of a, a, a lot a lot uh, to be with the Atlantis in, in Lake Titicaca and with the Incans. Can you you mentioned uh, this idea of the prophecy of the eagle and the condor? Can you talk a bit more about that and then also this idea of you mentioned these these three symbols of the the serpent the 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 condor um, the and the yeah the puma can you speak a little bit about those two things yeah um, well the Kedos are the directly descendants of the Incans they've been hidden till that time when Spaniards they arrived 500 years ago, these people they left to live up in the hills and they were being hidden till 80 years ago more or less they came out. So these people, when I asked to the people why you came out and they told me it's because it's, it's the time of the prophecy. It's the time that now the Inca is going to return and that's why we are out, because the people need the help to remember our wisdom. And uh, this is called the prophecy of the condor and the eagle. So that's why we came out, because now so many people, they are, get, they are getting into certainly consciousness, just going back into their roots, you know, into their own ancient roots. And um, because they knew that, they knew 
that the world is passing through seasons, through levels of consciousness in a collective way. And that's amazing because how these ancient cultures, being so far, brother, know in touch with the humans, you know, and how come they can know what's happening outside, you know, and in what moment they need like to interact or, you know, and these people are people who were living just eating potatoes above 15,000 feet altitude. It's basically another dimension. People not easily can live there. You need, I don't know, but these people like they get into a state that they can survive without meat, just eating potatoes in that cold at that level. And they are so strong. So I think that in that conditions, when you are in that kind of conditions, you are also easier to access to, I don't know, maybe through your dreams. Maybe they are like having visions through their dreams because they don't have too much food. They are like in so refined place, so magnetic place, and they are not no eating crap as that. So it's not interacting the field, you know, with this crap that we're having. So these people are so open, so so subtle energy. So they are easier way to interact with the cosmos and to understand and to remember things because they don't use plants. That's what I amaze because they, they, they don't use any psychoactive. No? So we with, with psychoactive you can see, you can understand, you can like um, remember so many things, ancient culture stuff, but these people they were the keepers of the Indian cosmovision without master plants, just living in completely, you know, uh, yeah, in the mountains. So they are saying that now, well, just like 70 years ago, more or less, the earth is passing through a shift, a collective shift of consciousness. And that's why they said that they came out, because now is the time that people is, it's like um, having this uh, return of the income. It's like the golden time. It's like the Jesus Christ, you know, something like that. So for them, it's like the the person is going to have this golden vibe that is going to be aware and remember all this uh, um, wisdom or or sacred uh, yeah, way to, to see life, you know. So that's why they came out. So um, these people, when they came out, now, uh, they are like helping others, people from another country, uh, to fly together as the condor and the eagle, not to integrate, like now, you're like integrating your wisdom with my wisdom, so that's why you make these kind of questions, because we can like, you know, we are wearing kind of the same level of consciousness, so we can't like, having this conversation. So that's why these people, they didn't come out. Because the people, they weren't ready to receive this information. So since according to their prophecy, they said that these times is where it's going to pass a shift. So they came out and they like realized that so many people, they are like in dense mood, like so depressed and scared, viruses, disease and stuff. But so others, they are like, oh, it's an opportunity to realize, you know, that I can make the choice, you know, if I want to believe that, if I believe it, of course, it's going to happen. But what about if I, like, don't place my attention into that and I start, like, to believe in, 
in another different way in which is natural with the earth, you know, and the ancient cultures. So I think that that's why they came out, mm? to help the people and to uh, make make her strong in, in their beliefs, you know, to help them, to guide them so they can fly together because there is a complete war behind uh, this reality, you know, in an energetical level. Um, so I think that every single people that is in tune with their heart and with the its own ancient roots, you know, uh, it's it's a person who is feeding the earth. It's a person who is like helping the earth to evolve, you know, and to. So um, I think that's why they came out, hmm? and according well the and the cosmovision aspect of the serpent, the puma, and the condor. It says that you go to the condor through the serpent. That means that you need to pass through darkness in order to see the light. You can see the light in the light. You got to pass through a certain event. It could be a condition in your life that damaged your life or something, but it's an opportunity to transcend yourself through darkness. Some people they stuck in a cycle in that darkness. But it's it's as necessary as light. So they said that to go to the condor and to the higher realm and to remember all these things, you got to pass through certainly fear, certainly um, uh, heavy densities, certainly stuff in your life that is gonna help you to make the choice. You know, and sometimes when you don't do the right choice, life is gonna put you in a very dark Ukupacha realm, the serpent path, to go into the condor because you didn't do it in a right way. So sometimes life is going to happen into this as a condition, situation in your life that is it's going to change your destiny, depends on that. Or by just doing pilgrimages as the ancient cultures they were using this without like going against the wall, you know? So we're like, we being grow that we're used to go against the world over and over and over again, you know, and, and try to do it and do it and do it. But it's a cycle, you know, so I think that when the person, it touch the most hardest part in their heart, the limit, you know, on, on yourself, when you being, oh, I'm like done, you know, I'm like, I don't know, you, 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 you conceptualize yourself because you are in that, environment and it's happening something into you that you see yourself you're a shed or you're uh, psychotic or you're like uh, I don't know so that's it when you get into the serpent because you are now understanding that you are this dark stuff you know, and you believe that so when you get into the, according to the cosmovision when you get into that state that's an opportunity to realize that you it does an opportunity to ascend yourself you know, into the condor but it's so hard right it's so hard so that's why the ancient cultures they were first teaching the people and the cosmovision how it works all these energies how it's interacting all these 
for you to pass first through darkness in order to face your own fears, to release the density, the hooch, all these. But once you pass through that uh, darkness in a power place, in the womb of, uh, of the earth, in a cave, you know, you're releasing, you vomit, you scare, you shout, you, and then you come out. You know, if you get to pass through these uh, state in, in, in the earth, you know, then you come out, you have a different level of consciousness because you, the place, the serpent, the womb of Mother Earth, that temple shows you deep things inside of yourself, hard things, you know, traumas, fears, so that's the serpent realm. The, the serpent is subconscious, it's the darkness, it's the fears, it's the density, you know, and it's applying all different levels and situations, and conditions, work, and the biology. The serpent is my, my biology inside. I have organs, I have cells, everything is going on, but I can see it, it's inside. So the serpent represents the energy inside, represents everything that is inside. So when we explore and we understand that there is a serpent realm in us, we are capable to integrate it into the Kaipacha, which is the body, matter, which is this reality. So it's about to understand that all the time the person as as a spirit is passing through upside downs as chakana no? of the ukupacha and the hanenpacha ukupacha hanenpacha but some people they like to be only hanenpacha they're just practicing religion spirituality mantras meditation food and, you know but I think that according to the Cosmovision, it says if you want like to go into the condor, you got to met the serpent. You, know? you 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 cannot like feeding yourself with light and and you know or or refined energies because you think that's the way, you know. But when you are placing the other side, then all these things that you learn there, it doesn't work here. So that's what it's about, is to make the dance between what you're learning in the light and then if you are in a certainly conditioned situation, you need to dance with what you're learning light on darkness. So then you have both, you know, and you're not just in dual. Oh, I'm this, I'm this, no, I don't want to touch these. You know, it's necessary to interact with darkness in order to know what kind of, how stable we are how strong we are, how uh, powerful we are to change the electromagnetic field of the environment, just being in a completely dark side, you know? So it's like levels of uh, frequencies of vibration according consciousness in order to, to uh, understand darkness and light, you know, and to use it in the Kaipacha, which is this real. So, Whatever I do in the Ukupacha, whatever I do in the Hanenpacha, I got to integrate here. Because many people, they see, yeah, I passed through this experience, and now I know this experience, but they are still going into a very, I don't know, straight line, not looking here and not looking up. Because they know there and they know there, and they wanted to, it's about to go like this, you know? To experience the whole cross of the Chakana, the whole different levels, you know. So um, 
I think it's, it's like a dance, no? And that's why these uh, power places was made for to understand that through darkness you see your light. Now science they can know that just being in completely darkness for three days you segregate huge amounts of melatonin, and melatonin becomes in pinoli, which is an endogenous Maui, a suppressor, you know, it's like what ayahuasca vine gives us. So if you are in completely darkness for three days in these caves, like in the Zone X, Nyapo or whatever places, you are at least three days there, at some point you're going to open your third eye and you're going to start to see through darkness, creating melatonin, pinolin, and at the end DMT, just through being on, on darkness. So now this is proof because uh, now we know that different stimulations through nature that you can create sacred neurotransmitters that allow us to access to different information, you know. So um, I think that the three realms of the Ukupacha, Kaipacha and Hanunpacha, it's about to dance in between all these realms and not to be attached in one of them, or not to be, you know, uh, identify of one of them. You are all of them, you know, and that's what we need to understand. You know, so some people, they do these practices, plans, and just because they don't want to touch the darkness, you know. And um, and I think it's a process, you know, according to Indian Cosmovision, they said that in order to, like, ascend to the condor, you need to go into the darkness, you know, and it should be through, I don't know, through an ayahuasca experience and screaming or whatever, or it should be by dieting in the mountain, or it should be by meeting someone who is going to change your destiny, in a, I don't know, it's so many different ukupaches that can, like, uh, give you the choice to dance with the Hanan Pacha and integrate it in the Kai Pacha, which is this real. So, um... Yeah, that's how I see it. Non. Then with the serpent, you know, you when you walk around all these power places, you see a lot of serpents carved on the rocks, non the temples, and the serpent is being seen as the wisdom. So, darkness is the way to see the light. Is the way to see your wisdom. Is it's like the bridge to teach you how strong, how confident, how you can be light in darkness. There are places in Cusco that if you are not mentally strong and you go into these places at night and, and you just like, I don't know, wants to pass the night into these caves, it's so strong that it could like shock you and you can like have a, I don't know, uh, psychotic problem, a paranoid or whatever because there are special places that it's meant to be for a certainly higher consciousness in order to release the hucha and to the hucha is like the density, you know? And not to be, um, uh, not to open the doors of, uh, of dense vibrations because if you are not mental, uh, strong, you're not like very uh, strong high consciousness and you go into these places things can go into you and just like you can get ill things can happen to you so our powerful places 
that is just meant to be for people who are very well trained in the spiritual realm so they can go into the ukupacha to experience darkness and to transcend themselves and they come out by a vagina shape into the womb of mother earth as a new level of awareness that's a kind of initiations that the Incans they were having into these kind of caves in order to access into the womb and to have a kind of rebirth with a new way of awareness through the serpent. So that's uh, the serpent path. No? Pilgrimages that goes, temples underneath, connect the darkness, releasing energy, facing the fears and stuff. Once you're passing through the Ukupacha realm, so there's so many pilgrimages and temples, then you realize, hey, I'm ready. You know, I'm like, I'm so, I can chant in darkness. I'm kind of like, I don't know, be so centered. And you know, in, in, in when so many things are going on, you know, when, when you do that and you are so well um, confident and connected in a dark side, in a dark mood with your own light, you're ready like to go into more refined, subtle temples in order to absorb this vital energy from this temple. So that's the pilgrimage, is going into the serpent realms, caves, tunnels, facing the fears, releasing hucha, dense energy. Once you are uh, good with it, you know, you're clean, you release, you vomit, you purge, then you can like go to a more refined, higher places in which you can like receive a new information, new vibration, new energies. And uh, that's mostly the Andean Cosmovision way in which the person needs to understand these three levels in order to be strong in mind, heart and spirit. Yeah, great. So we started this talking about <coughs> jujitsu. What uh what drew you to jujitsu and what, what have you what can you say you've learned from jujitsu? Well for with jujitsu I think there are so many different arts, you know, but for me, I think in so many different arts, you can find so many different knowledges, you know, and I think in the art of Jiu-Jitsu, what I found, it's my humble, it's to be humble, to know that you're able, like, to I don't know, you're, you're able to kill someone, you're able like to destroy someone in seconds, but since you have that power, you're carrying a good response, like a huge responsibility, because you can kill someone or you can... So, Jiu Jitsu, it just like changed my chip in order to be egocentric and to fight and to... It just like changed my chip in order not to fight. You know, so it makes me to feel so confident and so strong that I don't want to fight. I don't want like to to insult or to generate a fight, you know, because I know that I can like, you know, put in this person in a really, you know, uh, bad position that can, that I can damage him, you know, but that that makes me to choose you know, at that moment, to feel my vibe, to feel what vibe I'm choosing at that moment, if it comes from to hurt, or if it comes 
to from peace, you know, and, and to to not to damage him, just like to control the situation, you know. So I think that has a lot to do with the ego, you know? a lot to do with uh, yeah, with with your breath, with your vibe, with your anger, you know. So Jiu-Jitsu for me, it just like helped me to be centered in, in so many, in, in all the time, you know, all the time, because it's like a a tool that it doesn't require too much to do, you know. It requires like uh, to feel the person, you know. So when you feel it, you know which which direction you got to to take, you know. So without like harm, you know. So I think that Yuichi for me is a philosophy that teaches you a lot, too much, a, a lot of your ego, you know, your your um, yeah. I think that you know, your your ego. You know, if you want like to attack. Or you want like to attack from defense, or if you want just like I don't know to control him, or just to make him tired. There's so many directions, you know that that you can. But so many people they use jujitsu just like to finish him. Just three ten seconds is done, you know. It doesn't require heat and, and kicks and so um, you can use it for so many things, you know. So I use jujitsu to. To uh, suppress more my mind, to feel more my body, to feel more my my heart, you know, to feel more my emotions, you know. Sometimes you want to react, sometimes you know. So it puts you right in that state to choice, you know, from where you want you want to submit in, why you want to do that, because you want to submit re really quickly, or you know. So it just like give you so many different options. From where it comes, this kind of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, what you want to do with it, you know, you want to harm, you want to control your breath, your ego, you want to control, you want to know about defense, or, I don't know, your breath, so, uh, yeah, for me that's, how it's Jiu Jitsu, you know, it's, it's an art that just show me my patience, you know, my, yeah, my uh, my reactions, my strength to use to use my strength. You know, sometimes we're using strength when we don't supposed to use it. So it teach you that you don't. Rec there is another path. You know, there's different paths to go into that same level. You know, and which is, doesn't require too much complex. It's the same as the myth of the condor and the hummingbird with the Indian cosmovision aspect. That it says that the condor was like uh, challenging all the birds and saying, "Hey, I am the most big and strong bird in the world. That I can fly so high that I saw the heaven's door. But you are so tiny that you can fly so high that you couldn't see the heaven's door." And the hummingbird says, "Hey, but." I saw the heaven's door too. Yeah, but how come if you're so tiny, you can fly so high? Okay, let's do a challenge, he says the condor. Tomorrow, all the birds, we're gonna meet each other and we're gonna challenge, we're gonna make a challenge with a hummingbird. If both of us, we can fly at the same time and if it's possible to cross heaven's door. So, uh, the next day the condor appears, all the birds was there, but the hummingbird wasn't there. So all the birds was waiting 
the challenge to happen. And the condor says, okay, so the hummingbird is not here. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna show you that I'm gonna cross the heaven's door, so I'm gonna do it for you and for all you. So okay, I'm gonna start like flying. He was starting like flying so high, so high, so high. At that moment, he was planing. You know, when he just saw the heaven's door, the condor was playing, and from the wings, the hummingbird comes out. He just like crossed the heaven's door. And that told me uh, a kiddo, and uh, the end. And he told me, you know what you're doing? You're the hummingbird. You know, because you don't require to be big and strong and having experience and all these in order to pass the heaven's door. You can also being smart and having joy in order to, to do it. So um, for me, this mythology teach me that you don't require the same, you know, um, features or abilities to get to a certain goal. No? So you can also be as tiny and sure with not too much experience, but if you're smart and have joy and, and you are in tune with what you're doing, I think that you can get also into that state. You know? So that's a really... Uh, nice uh, mythology from the Indian and you know the condor and the hummingbird that, talks, that tells you a lot of when you do something from what kind of energy you're doing these you know from the ego from the dual aspect or from what from just makes you feel you or for competition or gaining you know so uh, yeah it's just like the different you know, in different arts, in different uh, stuff, just human can like make a choice uh, with what kind of vibration you're doing, what you're doing. You know? So for me, Jiu-Jitsu just teach me a lot about my ego, my patient. You know, to learn how to how to wait. You know, so. Um, yeah, lots of my breath, you know, my body, you know, uh, my resistance, my stamina, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, like, to to gain from from arts, especially from Jiu-Jitsu. Great, Stefano. Well, we're, uh, we're coming up in three hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's cool. If... Uh, if people are interested to, to learn more about you or your work, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, um, well, they can find me through Andean Encounters. It's my sustainable tour operator, which I make projects with the communities. And uh, it's non-conventional places of the beaten path based on Andean cosmovision and supporting the locals. And also through Antigens Peru, which is an holistic retreat that works with also Indian Cosmovision and um, master plans in power places. So um, you can find me uh, through Antigen Peru or Andean Encounters here in Cusco, Peru. So uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for inviting me to have this uh, beautiful conversation. A lot of insights, downloads. A lot of things I remember too. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I think we can give thanks to the Coca too for aiding the conversation. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 
Well, great, my friend. Well, thank you so much. That uh, that exceeded my expectations, and uh, we'll uh, we'll do round two at some point because I think there's still a lot more we could Ooh, go over. Of course, <laughs> this was a flow. Yeah. Well, thank you, brother. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank, thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. Thank you. It's a pleasure for me too. Mm. All right, everyone, that's it. I hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation with Stefano. Um, it was a fascinating one for me, always when we talk about plant medicine and ancient cultures, those are things that really fascinate me. Um, he actually uh, taught me some things that I wasn't aware of, um, especially about this relationship with uh, Mu and as we were talking about this Atlantean connection and uh, just how that ties into a lot of the cosmos of visions and cosmology of a lot of these ancient cultures. Um, so I find that stuff very fascinating. So I hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you are able to support this podcast, that's a really big help to me. Patreon is a really good option. Uh, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. There's different tiers you can sign up for. Those tiers give you different things back, uh, early access to shows, bonus material, material Q&As. So that's a really big help to me to continue to bring on these guests, uh, much like uh, Stefano was talking about this uh, in this Andean Cosmovision, this idea of Aini, of reciprocity, that if you feel like you're gaining something from this, then being able to give back in that way and then also receiving something back. So uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, there's also the ability to direct donate via PayPal and the YouTube channel has an option now to join the channel as well. Um, and if you're not able to do that, as always, if you're listening on the YouTube version, hitting the subscribe button, turning on the notification bell, liking the video, that's a really big help. Uh, feel free to leave any questions or comments in the comment section. And with the audio version going on Apple Podcasts, leaving a starred rating and a short review, that's a really big help. And also now Spotify has the option to uh, rate and review, or I think just rate the show, actually. So uh, I think that's it. Um, my next episodes, I'm not exactly sure of. I think I'll be releasing an episode that I did with uh, with um, my friend Mike on his podcast, Mike Adelic. Um And then after that, I'm still unsure of the, the, the exact order of the guests. I'm actually going to be going to do a dieta myself for uh, a couple of weeks, so I'll be offline. Um, but when I get back on, um, there'll, there'll be some good people coming on. So... Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you all on the next one.
tout.